When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid. Double team, got it back. Chris shot, score. What a beautiful move. Deep backhand, right back to the forehand. And welcome back, Connor. His sixth goal of the season is a work of art. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. Ladies and gentlemen, Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 Chad. The Oilers have made a trade. It is not a big one. Philip Larson, remember him, the guy they got for Sean Horkoff back in the summer of 2013. He's been playing in the KHL. He's been traded to Vancouver for a fifth rounder in 2017. What are the Canucks thinking? I don't know, but the Oilers have made this deal. Also, Jujar Kara called up from the farm. We saw him for 12 games earlier this season. He racked up two assists. He has 22 points in 32 games for Bakersfield. Those are the Oilers' headlines from this afternoon. They practiced in Leduc after... Quite frankly, an awful homestand. They went 1-4-1. and one. You'll hear a little bit from Justin Schultz, who is, well, continues to be under fire. He was booed by some of you last night when he touched the puck at some points throughout the game against the Ottawa Senators. Comments from Todd McClellan, Jordan Everly as well. We're going to get to Kelly Rudy in about a minute. Reed Wilkins with you inside Sports on 630. Chad, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Great to have you along for the ride. And before we bring in Kelly, a little montage, some of Coach McClellan's greatest hits from after last night's loss. But there are some that were uh, should be embarrassed when they leave. It doesn't get any easier ahead of us. I'm concerned about the spirit of our team. Um, I think there's a lot of guys waiting for something. Uh, what that is, I don't know. If it's changes coming, if it's them leaving, if it's new guys coming in, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. Third goal broke our back. Broke our spirit, broke our back, the way they got it, how easy it was. I can go on and on. Maybe we get rid of some players. Well, that's probably going to happen. I just don't know how quickly as we bring in Kelly Rudy, former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers. Kelly, welcome back to the program, sir. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for having me back, Reed. Yeah, good to good to talk to you, uh, Kelly. Uh, you know, not to get too much into stuff, but uh, certainly condolences from myself and I'm sure uh, all the Inside Sports listeners. Great to have you back on our uh, airwaves. I know you went through a tough time over the last uh, two or three weeks. Uh, a far uh, uh, less uh, life-impacting tough time for the Edmonton Oilers, but in hockey mm-hmm. terms, uh, they are not doing well and, and they are not playing well. As an ex-player, when you hear McClellan say things like that after the game, including that little snippet at the end, maybe we need some new players, what goes through your mind? When you get to this point, I actually feel badly for the guys. I feel badly for the coaching staff and, and everybody in the organization because this isn't what they had planned and, and they didn't expect to be in this back in the same position. And 
you know, you, you just think back and uh, when times are tough, I mean, we, all of us players, uh, we're pretty good at beating ourselves up. So um, it's not a fun time. I must say I've never been in a situation quite as bad as what the Oilers uh, are experiencing right now and have been in that situation for a while. So I can only imagine that the, the mood around the group would be just terrible. Um, I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, I heard today, uh, I saw the Todd talking after the practice, though, about the mood was uh, better, and they, they chose not to come to the rink uh, uh, all pouty and stuff and trying to move forward. But it's awfully difficult. I mean, Reed, everybody has pride, and everybody believes in themselves. And when you find yourselves in this difficult position, uh, you feel terrible. And you feel like not only are you letting your teammates down, you're setting letting your organization down um so uh, i know that i should look at it from a different perspective as a hockey analyst and say well here's what's wrong and here's what they have to get better just but you asked from a player's perspective and it i gotta tell you um i i don't ever like looking or watching situations like this it's not fun and and I, same when individuals really struggle you know you look at guys like i'm thinking like a guy like uh Bernier, Jonathan Bernier in Toronto. It looked like somewhere around the holiday season he is kind of turning around his terrible start, and now it's back to being bad again. I mean, this guy's career is in jeopardy. That's not fun to watch. It's not fun when a guy's livelihood might be taken away from him. And it's not because of skill. It's because of what's going on in his head, and he, it's, it's so hard to stop that loop. Well, and I, I, that's an interesting way to put it, to stop that loop, because the Oilers, especially the last four games, maybe even started, I mean, they, they beat uh, a, a bad Leafs team. There's there's no other way to yeah. put it. I mean, yeah. and the Oilers are in that same category, obviously, but, but they beat a, a Leafs team that was depleted and continues to be depleted. Um, and, and then, you know, really not very good for any extended period of time over the last five games. Maybe the Anaheim game was the best they played at a whole. And I'm interested you you chose those words. They're stuck in a loop because it feels like, well, they're out there. They get easily discouraged. They fall behind. I, I was on with Pat Steinberg in Calgary today, and, and I said to Pat, I, I, part of me was surprised that they even scored a goal last night. Mm-hmm. They are, and you know, Rob Brown said on our postgame show, players don't go out there stating to themselves, well, I'm not going to try as hard as I can tonight. Right. But but something has set into this team and gripped this team that wasn't there earlier in the season um, that has them extremely discouraged and, and unable or maybe unwilling to, to handle adversity. It's a combination of those two, and it's also paralyzing. When you start to play uh, really, really poorly, and you know it, and you come to – so you don't accept it, but you understand where you are. It, uh, it like I said, it, it saps your energy. It's paralyzing. But going back to the words I chose, break that loop. I did that on purpose because uh, I do know something about mental health issues. Now, I'm not going to say the losing is a mental health issue, but I understand how the brain works uh, in large part because uh, one of our daughters uh, deals with mental health issues, and she's taught with what she's gone through the last uh, I don't know, about 11 years of her life, maybe a little bit more, we've learned so much as a family about this, and that's a term that she uses about how when she gets in a bad place, she, she's she been given and she's been taught now 
the tools <clears throat> how to break that loop, but it's awfully difficult. And, and I do know as an athlete that I have been there before where, um, like I said, it wasn't a mental health issue. It was just what my brain was telling me about what I was doing on the ice and how it would go from extremely positive to extremely negative when something bad happened. And until I got help personally, um, uh, I couldn't, I was not going to be able to break that loop on my own. It, it was just stuck in my head. And I clearly thought that, of course, goes back to 92, 93 when uh, we ultimately went to the Stanley Cup finals. But I had the worst slump uh, of my life. I had a two month long slump, and I was not getting out of it on my own. Had not uh, been for people around me that that got me the help I needed, uh, I, my career would have been over. I, I know that for a fact. Kelly Rudy joining us on uh, Inside Sports at 614. Kelly, just just before I get to some of the Schultz stuff, just a little bit more on McClellan saying that after the game last night, on the same day where his general manager spoke, both you and I think Todd McClellan is a very good coach. Yeah. But by did, did Todd, in your mind... Did he cross a line by saying maybe we need some new players? Is that throwing guys under the bus? Is that stepping into the realm of comments a GM should be making? I think, no, I think there was some frustration. Uh, but frustration is something that uh, happens. First of all, I think it's a it's an emotion that I, I often think is a wasted emotion i try not to ever get frustrated but we're all human and sometimes it enters our our train of thought but um i don't think that's throwing the players under the bus he was just talking uh, realistically about what's going to happen and and what he feels about his group and I, other than he didn't really individually pick on a couple guys or who is the guy orville Tessier years ago when he i think his coach in chicago said something like these guys need a heart transplant. I think that's crossing the line. What he was saying is about these guys that uh, um, that they're not improving like they need to be. Uh, I don't think it was it, it, it was in that territory. I, I want to ask you about Schultz being booed. And hey, you know what? I've seen Oilers and Edmonton athletes be booed more harshly than he was last night and for, and for longer periods. It's an interesting thing because I know people are talking about it on the Ched Facebook page, and, and Rob and I discussed it a bit last night and had people interact, and it just seems like it's one of those things where either you believe it's your right to boo or do whatever you want as a fan, and other people say, no, no, you should never boo your own team, even if they're playing bad. It's better just to sit there, you know, uh, silently. Uh, and again, you know, a lot of the stuff I ask you as an, as an, ex, yeah. as an ex-player, when you hear Schultz being booed, uh, what do you think of that? I think people that boo are the scourge of society. How's that for honesty? Wow, that's and, direct. Yeah, and I've said that uh, on Hockey Night in Canada before uh, about uh, other uh, circumstances, and and I really do believe that. I, I know, and I come from a place where I've been booed, so I know the feeling. I know how uh, it, it affects you, how it affects your family, um, and so on, and it, it's extremely difficult to go through. So I don't uh, like it when fans boo. I think it's appalling. Um, I understand that they have the right to do whatever they, they want, but I certainly don't uh, condone it. I don't uh, think that it's the proper way to conduct yourself. I liken it to this, and I know some people are going to think this is maybe extreme, Reed, but so 
we're there's a really good thing going on in society right now, and especially in schools, and it's and it's anti-bullying, and we're trying to teach youngsters uh, not to bully their friends at school or their classmates at school, and it's a terrific program, and it's worth it, and we should stick with it because it'll it'll help people that are getting bullied. So, why is it then that you can go to a a social environment like a hockey arena and pay your money and in front of children and so on you're teaching another form of bullying it just seems to me like it's the craziest thing that okay you can't do it at school but it's fine here and the reason it's fine is because the people that we're booing are paid more than other people well that's ridiculous it's a totally ridiculous way to look at it and you can tell that i'm a passionate person about it because it's just frankly wrong well, well said. Uh, very concise. What you're what you're trying to get across. Here's my final question for you tonight, Kelly. And yep. trust me, it's a tough one because I've been oh, wrestling okay. this my, wrestling with this myself. The Oilers have 21 games left. Clearly, they will not make the playoffs. It is very yep. likely they will finish in the bottom five, if not the bottom three, in the NHL. Yep. Is there anything that can happen over the final quarter of the season? that you can look at for the Oilers and say, okay, that was good, that was a positive? Can they accomplish anything uh, positive here in down the stretch? Uh, one thing only, and it's about getting mentally tougher. And that's, that's basically what we started this whole conversation with, about you know breaking that loop and, and those types of things. That's the only thing, not performance-based, like in terms of if they win uh, 10 of those 21 games, because... That to me is irrelevant because we've seen other teams do that, go on a run at the end, and and uh, and it just there's no carryover. So I don't care about that. But you can become a person that's hard to play against and mentally tougher, and it, that is a reasonable goal. But that's about the only one I can see. All right. Well, I I know what I'm going to do every night now before I go to bed. I'm going to call your cell phone after you're asleep and just boo into your voicemail. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Kelly, thanks so much for uh, chiming in tonight. We'll do this again next week. Great stuff today, man. Thanks, pal. I'll talk to you next week. Kelly Rudy, former goaltender with the Kings, Sharks, and Islanders, and of course now an analyst for the NHL on Rogers. Great to talk to him this evening. Wow, that was a, quite the soundbite this evening, eh? People who boo are the scourge of society. He finds it appalling, uh, whether it's Justin Schultz or directed at anybody else. Justin Schultz did talk to the uh, media today after practice in Leduc. We have a whole bunch more from Todd McClellan, a little bit more from Jordan Eberle. And, uh, of course, we'll do some open line, whether you want to talk about the booing, whether you want to talk about your uh, goals for the Oilers, if there's anything that could constitute a quote-unquote successful end of the season. And, uh, of course, what's going on with the trades? Larson has been traded. We expect Purcell to go. We expect Schultz to go. I know there are some things out there for, about Korpakoski. We will see. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is 620. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chet.
Hey, big thank you to everybody who contributed today. Heart Pledge Day, $170,000 raised by you for continued world-class care at the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute. Thank you so much. We had a lot of our programming from there today, so thank you to everybody who donated. Really appreciate that, $170,000. In the NHL tonight, how about this? Montreal taking it to Washington, 3-0 for the Habs, five minutes into the second period as we check your crystal glass scoreboard. For all your glass needs, you can check out crystalglass.ca. Other action to tell you about, Bruins up 1-0 on the Penguins after one. Sharks and Avalanche, Sabres and Ducks still to come this evening. And the Toronto Raptors in the second quarter leading Minnesota 49-40. All right, so Philip Larson traded to Vancouver for a, uh, a fifth rounder in 2017. Jujar Kara has been called up from the farm. The lines today, Cassian was with uh, Hall and Dreisaitl, Purcell, with uh, Lander and Yakupov, Clendenning and Schultz were kind of rotating in as the 6-7 defensemen. Todd McClellan said, well, uh, we'll see. Those may or may not be the Lions for tomorrow. 780-496-0063. Chris from Phoenix has called in. Chris, thanks for making my day, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, every time I hear Kelly Rudy talk, I, I, I don't know. Um, so essentially what he's saying is we should all turn into a society where people can't get criticized for poor, for poor work or, or anything like that. So we'll just, we should just sit there in the crowd, twiddle our fingers, and then that's it. Because, you know, you don't want to hurt the player's feelings. Give me a break. Oh, God. Anyway, um, the, I had a couple of comments. Uh, I made a comment today on uh, Stoffer's show, and, uh, you know, I'm going to do it on here too, and I might get flamed, but whatever. Out of the, the three uh, $6 million players that we have, I said that uh, two of the three probably will, uh, won't be here long-term. And the one that I expect to stay and would choose to stay would be Nugent Hopkins, just because I think he's uh, the best out of the three all around. Um, and I think his upside is probably higher than, uh, than Falls and uh, Eberle's. Uh, uh, a comment I made in, in regards to uh, some trades, uh, Prior to the game yesterday, uh, you guys had um, somebody from the Senators organization, whether it was, I can't remember who it was. Oh, Bob had one of the assistant GMs on during the intermission. Yeah, and they were talking about trying to acquire a, a, a forward, and they were they were, gonna, they, were dang, they were thinking of dangling uh, Cody C.C., Patrick Weirkosh, and then even, uh, even uh, no, I can't think right, Curtis Lazar. And uh, the... The player that I wouldn't mind sending over there, maybe a player in a, in a pick if we can, is do you think they'd be interested in Yakupov? I know he'd probably say no, uh, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't mind trying to uh, possibly acquire uh, Weirkosh or uh, CeCe if it's possible, not necessarily to play on the Oilers, but to possibly keep and dangle that player if at all, if, if it would work to, say, the Islanders for, you know, who I'm going to say, Harmonic, but. Yeah, well, I, then, I I I don't think they're taking Yakupov for for that though. Okay. I mean, he, what what's Yakupov's value at this point? I don't know. Probably the well, very similar value to a lot of the players that we're well, willing to part with. You know, to, with the exception of maybe Purcell, who might be able to get us something. You might be able but, to get a third you know, rounder for Purcell. Yeah, but I, I think that maybe Yakupov has some sort of because he's still young and maybe be able to sort of turn turn things around where 
you know, I don't think his uh, I don't think his attitude or his uh, what's the uh, what's it called uh, his because uh, you look at Schultz and he's just completely lost all confidence. I think you know Yakupov has has confidence, and I think he probably can regain something where Schultz might take a little while. So. And then that Philip Larson trade. Oh well, I, I really didn't want Philip Larson back. Well, anyway, he's never so. going to come. I, I I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what Vancouver is thinking unless they're just doing Shirelli a favor to clear off a contract. Well, maybe, I, don't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe Shirelli can also dangle Tubert and uh, somebody else <laughs> from, from our past that we could probably get. Uh, Omar, yeah. Hey, we even Grabeshkov too. So great show Chris. and uh, nice talking to you. All right, thanks for the call. Got a lot of texts on Kelly Rudy comments uh, coming into six thirty six thirty as well. And uh, we're going to hear more from Todd McClellan, Jordan Eberly, and the aforementioned Justin Schultz when we get back at 627. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. You can get the latest on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. Philip Larson, remember him, traded to Vancouver. Jujar Kara called up. From the Bakersfield Condors, we'll see what other changes might occur over the next few days. Oilers and Kings tomorrow night on 6.30, Chad. We'll have inside sports for one hour from 6 to 7. The face-off show at 7. The game will start at uh, 8.30. I, I, I don't want to spend a, a whole bunch of time on this, but some people are, are, are chiming in into that, and it's one of those things that... It's kind of like when we were talking about the fighting thing a few weeks ago. With, with the Matt Hendricks and the Florida stuff and the code, you kind of either believe it or you don't. And you've probably felt that way since you were a little kid, and you'll probably never change your mind. And I, I think one of those is one of those areas is how you can act as a fan, what buying a ticket to the game gives you the right to do, and specifically with what we saw last night, uh, whether or not. You believe it's appropriate to boo a player on the team you are cheering for, um, and as as we're seeing this, Dan Barnes for the Edmonton Journal tweets out uh, an article he did with Tom Pody, who was uh, booed out of Edmonton a few years ago. So that so that's kind of interesting, and we're seeing texts on on both sides of this subject. For example, Bobby's Your Uncle says, I think you pay to watch a game. You buy the right to cheer or boo depending on how it goes. That's the one thing a fan can do to express what they think of the game. That's not bullying. Justin Schultz is a pro making seven figures a year. I think he can handle it while he cries in his big bed of money. Sorry, Kelly Rudy, that was just a foolish comment. That is from uh, Bobby's Your Uncle. KS says, Hey, Reed, I don't agree with booing your own players. They say you paid the money so you can do whatever. Well, guess what? You go to a bar and start fighting, you get kicked out. It's not acceptable, even though people paid to drink there. Uh, Dave says, I like what Kelly Rudy had to say. Can you imagine Justin Schultz trying to get into a positive place, ready to try to play better, and then he comes out and hears the booze? He would just say, why bother? Kirk says, we're not just booing Justin Schultz. He's just a player. We're booing the whole team. Uh, 
Well, I think it's only Justin Schultz that's really been booed that 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 uh, that, uh, that I have heard some comments on the six thirty chat Facebook play on the page. Uh, Sherry says, "I find booing your own player disgusting. What do you think it's going to accomplish?" Uh, both both sides of this. Uh, both sides of this again. Uh, SG Wingnut, he calls himself. Wow, says uh, the Oilers get paid big bucks to perform. Boo hoo! If Justin Schultz cries about it. Well, Justin Schultz actually hasn't complained about the booing. Let's clarify that. Uh, so, you know, back and forth we can go. I, and this is one of those things I don't think any anybody's going to change anybody else's mind about it. Um, I, I know Rob Brown said last night he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't want his son to do it if he took it to a hockey game. I can say as a fan, and uh, as I've told you guys before, I've I've been an Edmonton Eskimos season ticket holder since 1997, since I ever worked in broadcasting or worked in the Edmonton sports media. I've seen some good teams. I've seen some really bad Eskimos teams. I've never booed them off the field. Uh, I, I just would sooner not not bother. I, I think expressing apathy is more powerful than, than expressing booing. That's just me. I will say this, though. If your argument is, I bought a ticket, it gives me the right to do what I want... That's not that's not correct. Buying a ticket does not give you the right to behave however you want. We got Bernie on the line, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey Bernie. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great. Good. Uh yeah, the whole booing thing. Um, it doesn't give you the right to do anything you want. Like you can't jump the uh the boards and go beat up Justin Schultz. But that's a big stretch compared to booing. Fair enough. And the whole drinking analogy was just ridiculous because laying your hands on somebody is assault. Like, people, like, need to, you know, get a grip on it. And I think Michael Jordan put it best years ago. He loved getting booed. Loved it. But how often was he booed by, by well, he in was... Chicago? <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, okay, I get that. I guess if the conversation is just booing your own team. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, no, fair enough. Okay, but then how about this? Don't put yourself in a position to be booed like that. Like, like he was awful last night. Like, awful. Like, Well, he was. He's had several awful games. Yeah, like, there's no... It's not like we're booing McDavid every time he touches the puck in Hall and Hopkins and Eberle. Like, like, the fans are picking and choosing and i think schultz had every right to get booed i dis like anybody who, if you go to a kids game and you're booing 12 year olds at uh the brick tournament yeah you you need to get a life right these are these are, <laughs> these, are, these, are these are grown adults like you know my friends pick on me i don't go cry like like they're, they're adults there on the ice i'm pretty sure you know they can take it if it sucks well it should suck be better yeah. Well, like I said, I, I don't. I, I think Kelly and Rob had have a bigger problem with it than I do. I'm just saying myself, I wouldn't do it. I just, I just wouldn't even bother. You know and what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah, I, like, I would. Um, yeah. I would just be like, you know what? This guy, he's not going to turn it around. I know he's going to be traded. I'm, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm just going to hope he doesn't screw up that badly tonight. 
But you know, I, under, I understand where it comes from, and I know people put down a lot of money, and I know specifically now times are tough, and a heck, last night's game could have been a Christmas present for somebody or a birthday gift or the one game a year people go to. I, I get all that. So, you know, I, I, I just, I mean, the booing of Schultz doesn't bother me as much as throwing stuff on the ice. I think that's crossing oh, yeah. the line, whether yeah, it's a no, jersey or whatever. No, that shouldn't, yeah, throwing the stuff on the ice is pathetic. And uh, I think I think most Oilers fans, we are sick of the losing, but it's the commit. It's the commitment to playing hard. Oh, big time! It, if you lose, you lose, right? But it's like the whole nonchalant. That third goal, he kind of just, like, I'll coast back a little. Well, he didn't even. He, he didn't even realize he he'd lost the puck for two seconds. Yeah, yeah. And Bernie, you make a good point, and that's what McClellan said after the game. Jordan Osterley, I don't think is ready to play in the NHL. Nothing against the kid. I think just that's where he's at. He might even be a long shot to become a full-time NHL player. Fair? Yeah, more than fair. But McClellan said last night, you know what? When he made an error, at least he was trying to make the right play. And he was trying to be aggressive. And he was trying to work hard. Sometimes Jordan Osterley last night, Bernie, I saw it. He was overmatched. And a couple times he just didn't have the experience to mentally know what to do in that situation. But... He, you know, you look at a kid up from the minors. He he was at least trying to have an impact on the game. Brandon Davidson had some tough shifts, but he's trying to have an impact on the game. And and you can't list a lot of other Oilers that were trying to do that last night. No, you can't. And like Darnell Nurse, I love him. He might like obviously other than McDavid, he might be my favorite Oiler. And he's having a tough time of it. But guess what? Like he he'll hit. He fought Lucic. Like he's he's crazy. <laughs> and like that's what you, but that's what Oilers fans are gonna love. He makes a mistake. Guess what? Darnell Nurse is not getting booed because on the next shift he's gonna go hammer somebody. And if somebody touches McDavid, you know he's gonna drop the glove. And we'll take that over weak play along the boards and nonchalantly giving the puck up. And then well, okay, whatever. Like the whole booing thing. Yeah, no, don't put yourself in a position to be booed. Bernie, thanks for calling, buddy. Thank you. All right, that's Bernie, 780-496-0063. We'll give Bob a word on this as well. Hey, Bob. Hey, Reed. Yeah, go ahead, man. Hey, listen, you know, uh, these people that find this booing of hometown players disgusting, you know, I, I agree with that to a certain point, but the point I want to make is I hope they will remember that when they go to their kids' game and the referee makes a bad call or misses an obvious offside or calls a penalty they think, is inappropriate or isn't warranted. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, I think Bernie just made that point too. Like if you're going to a minor hockey game, you probably shouldn't be booing the players or, or the referees. I think that's important to remember, sure. Yeah, no, and I find that, you know, a lot of people uh, seem to think that their kids are going to the NHL at, you know, two years out of Adam. And, I, you know, that's just not going to happen. So, you know, people need to to be a little careful, you know, and think a little bit when they go to the rink. This is, I'm a referee, so I find it quite annoying when I hear stuff like that. Well, Bob, I hate to tell you this, I have booed officials in both the NHL and the Canadian Football League. Well, and, you know, and I suppose that's going to happen, but, I mean, they can only, they're only calling what they see, and they're certainly not out there trying to have an impact on the game, whether they do or not, you know, is debatable. But... I, I, I think we just need to understand that at a minor hockey game, 
if your kid's an atom, the kids that are refing him are probably peewee or bantam age. So, you know, you got to cut him some slack. Oh, sure. you got to be aware of, I, I think, the, the, uh, the age range and, and experience level of the, uh, of the people that you're dealing with. Bob, thanks for calling. All right. Uh, I'm going to get one more phone call and one more text message on the booing stuff, and then I want to move on to how the team is actually playing. we got Barry on the line. Hey, Barry. Hey, Reed. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. Oh, great. Thanks. Hey, Reed. Uh, I live in Lloydminster, and uh, I was driving up, uh, oh, for about two or three years to a lot of oiler games and, uh, and uh, coming home to a lot of losses. Uh, but uh, the way that I look at it is I think the booing is disrespectful, but uh, I think the fan just got to quit going. Like, uh, if you don't like it, Maybe a few empty seats. Uh, might, maybe the management owners will look at it and see that uh, the arena starts to kind of get uh, a little bit thin. Yeah. And maybe they'll be forced to do something because, uh, like, it's a lot of money to go to games. And uh, I'd sooner just not go. Um, I'm a big oiler fan, have been for a lot of years. But uh, until the team starts performing a little bit better, I'm not going to drive two and a half hours to a game. Yeah, Barry, I, 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 I like what you're saying, and, and I think you make a good point in that apathy might be more powerful than anger. For sure. Uh, now, are you going to go to any games? Uh, the Bobcats are hosting the World Bank Cup in a couple of months, right? Yeah, you betcha. Are you going to be going? Yes, we're going to be going. We're actually billets uh, to hockey players from the Bobcats, so uh, we will be going. We volunteer lots at the rink, and, uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking for a really good time there. I'm going to try to come out for a game or two for that tournament, Barry. I'm glad that Lloyd's getting to host it finally. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, hope to see you there. Free. All right, and the last word on the uh, booing discussion, which I- I'm surprised actually uh, it uh, it caught fire like this. Tons of texts. I'm sorry I can't read them all. Lamont says, the only time you are allowed to boo is against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm guessing probably a lot of you are going to agree with that. We have Bill and Jim as the next guys on Open Line. It's 647. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chet. Hi, this is Andrew Ferentz from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. I forgot to mention... The Scotties in Grand Prairie. Alberta now 7-2. Lost to Manitoba 8-7 this afternoon. One in the morning draw 6-4 over Quebec. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on uh, 630 Chet. Philip Larson, his rights have been traded by the Oilers to Vancouver for a fifth rounder in 2017. Jujar Kara back up from the farm. I got this text from Roger right at the start of the show. I forgot to read it. He says, Hey, Reed, I'm looking forward to the CFL season as the Oilers have now ceased playing this season. Well, if you talk about a team that was never finished, it would be this year's, or I guess now last year's edition of the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, And if you talk about a team at the other end of that spectrum, you would talk about how the Edmonton Oilers have looked for the last... uh, last few games. Uh, you got a little bit of a wait for CFL football, but the schedule is out, and you can get that on the Eskimos page on our website as well. The open line is 780-496-0063. We have Bill on the line. Bill, thanks for waiting through the break there, man. What's going on? Oh, no problem. Uh, I was just calling, like, uh, everybody was booing Schultz, but really, the whole 
defense is, you know, lacking. Like right now, with Clef Bomb and Driva out, we pretty much only have two legit NHL defensemen in the lineup right now. Which would be uh, Sekra and, Sekera and Davidson. Davidson I and say. Nurse, I assume you would say, is, is not quite there yet? Nurse is not quite there. I mean, maybe, you know, 15-minute guy or whatever as a rookie, just getting his feet wet, but he probably should be in the minors. Would be the better situation if we could. Probably would have been better, yeah. And, uh, I mean, Fane's... Fane's, a borderline guy. He's very slow. He's very slow. Uh, Schultz is... We know what's happened there. His confidence is done. I mean, to me, Aikens ruined him. And he's never got it back. And then and o- Osterley's put in an, um, pretty much an impossible situation last night. He like, he, did, um, he did okay, given the expectations for him. but Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's probably not an NHL defenseman. Or at best, you know, a number seven guy that comes in. But yeah, like I mean, the whole defense has this issue. It's not just the Schultz, and maybe we shouldn't just pick on one guy, you know. Well, I think yeah, the reason that Schultz is getting picked on is because he just appears to be so out of it sometimes. You know, like the yeah. lackadaisical play, and uh, you know, I think most fans are smart enough to live with errors if they're honest errors. But it's and but with Schultz, it's repeated errors, oh, yeah, errors where he looks confused. Yeah, and and it's been for well three like years said, now since Aikens came in. Yeah, basically, and another uh, thing too, like when he got booed there at at the starting lineup the other game, and he got booed for the whole game, and then against Colorado, he was just absolutely terrible, and it's like that booing just. Did not help him, definitely. He looks lost. He looks lost. And, and Shirelli, it, it appears to me that they are going to try, that it is a priority to acquire defensemen. Uh, I think that they believe that, I mean, they're probably going to have to obviously sacrifice forwards. But, you know, I, I've been very critical of the forwards as well, Bill, and specifically the, the lack of forechecking. But I think they're going to go after the defense first to repair it because they they want guys that can kill the cycle and who can move the puck up to the forwards, and then that creates a little bit more energy. And then probably if you do that, then you can say, okay, what type of a forward are we lacking? I think that's Shirelli's approach here. Well, yeah, and you got to think, like, when when your forwards are playing most of their shift in your own end, by the time you do get the puck and get to them, they're gassed. Yeah, you just dump it in and change. That happened a lot last night. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, another thing, uh, uh, I think it was Chris from Phoenix said, uh, 36 million guys to keep huge. But actually, I would say that's the guy you move because you got Drysdale and McDavid. You know, you don't have those other skillful guys on the wings. If you got rid of Everly, you pretty much got nothing on the right side. You got rid of all. You got nothing on the left side. And then you're looking at something like Pittsburgh. Strong centers, but nobody to play with. Yeah. Bill, thanks for calling, man. All right, thank you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll also get Jim in before the news break. Jim, you got about uh, a minute and forty seconds. Go ahead. Oh God. Doesn't give me enough time for uh all the everything that's going on. But anyhow I'm just seething over all this. 
first of all, I'll start off by, I was a Devin Dubnik fan. I really loved Devin, Devin and uh, the fans drove a really good goalie. I knew he was a good goalie. He drove him out of town. Basically, the media and the fans have done the same with Justin Schultz. I'm maybe the only guy in town who likes him. The guy can skate. He's an excellent skater. Um, he keeps his head up when he's passing and stuff like that. We don't have anyone. Sekra, everyone loves him. All he can do is shoot it up the board. Anyhow, um, I was at the game last night. I, I was right behind the bench. You can see halfway through the first period when things started to go wrong. The whole team, the, the fans were booing, and uh, the whole team just let down, and it was like, okay, they're, they're booing, you know, our buddy uh, Justin, even though it's, it's not, you know, they're getting paid big bucks. But uh, it, it's only human nature, right? You, you start getting like that, and... and and intentionally, you want to play well, but um, in, in your heart, you're not. Uh, there's one guy just yelling at them. They have no heart. Well, you guys have just stuck a dagger into their heart. How does a team that goes two weeks ago beating Ottawa 7-2 to two show up like this? I'll tell you why. It's, it's confidence and uh, and uh, um, support from, from the back end. Now, we lost Griva, who was a big part makes a big difference when you got the toughness back there and uh, you have uh, Darnell Nurse and he knows that someone like Driver can back him up now we, lo- we lost him all of a sudden the team looks terrible. I've never thought the team the team defense was that bad uh, mostly from the front end uh, we have guys like Purcell and, and uh, Fulia are big players and they're not playing like that that really hurts when you can't kill the cycle along the boards Jim you uh, did that all in a minute 45 good work buddy Thanks. All right, that is Jim. He called in to 780-496-0063. We have more time for your comments in the next half hour, uh, and I'm finally going to get to some of McClellan from after practice today, Schultz as well.